Good evening. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ, and I am in recovery from sex addiction and compulsive overeating. My name is Scott. Hey, I'm glad you guys are here. My goal tonight is that um, we can talk about and we can be ready for God to start removing our character defects today, and we can be ready for that. Um, there was a book I started to read, and I did read. I didn't start. I actually read the whole thing. Uh, it was a picture book, but no, just kidding. Um, but it was a book called Drop the Rock. And uh, in that book, it's about the step six and seven. Uh, it talks about the rock. And uh, the introduction really starts to describe it. And there's this lady named Mary who is on this pier trying to get on this boat, but the boat takes off. And there's somebody on the boat that goes, dude, Mary ain't gonna make it. And uh, another one's like, no, she will. Just wait, jump, Mary, jump. And Mary jumps, lands in the water, and they're like, swim, swim, swim. And she's swimming, and she's going, and then she realizes she starts to go underwater a little bit. Starts gulping in some water. She didn't pass her Navy SEALs test, it's okay. But she started doing that. She, what do I do, what do I do? And uh, she pokes her head above the, the water, and they say, drop the rock. And she's like, what are they talking about? And uh, she notices there's something cumbersome around her neck. And it's kind of weighing her down. And she's like, what is this? And so she goes back underwater going, what is happening? What's going on? And uh, her head pops up against, above the water again. And they're like, swim, swim, swim. Get rid of the rock. Drop the rock. Drop the rock. And so she keeps swimming. And she's like, what is going on? Her head goes back under the water, and this time she realizes there's some strings holding this rock around her neck. And so she takes the strings, and she cuts them, and she gets rid of them, and the rock drops to the bottom of the ocean. And she, whoop, pops right back above water and swims, climbs on board, and they're celebrating. She's celebrating. She's gasping for air. It was awesome, and she notices somebody else is in the water and there's this bob going on and so she, picked, she, posts her, she puts her head over the edge and says, drop the rock, drop the rock. See, the rock that she realized that was around her neck was the rock of, of resentments and fear and dishonesty. It was the rock that represents self-pity, intolerance and anger. This rock that weighed her down, these character defects that we'll call about, call them, and maybe you, Go, man, that doesn't apply to me. I'm pretty good. I don't have character defects. I'm all right. That's awesome. Maybe you'll relate to this other story out of John chapter 8. And in John chapter 8, what happens is Jesus is hanging out with some people, and all of a sudden, these Pharisees bring this woman to Jesus, and dude, they're like, we caught this woman in the act of adultery. We got our rocks. We're going to huck them, and we're going to kill her. Right here, right now. What do you say? Do we throw it or not, Jesus? Huh? 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 And they got their rocks, and Jesus bends over. And he starts writing in the sand. I don't know what he wrote. He could have wrote their sins. He could have wrote maybe uh, their character defects. He could have wrote their names. Who knows? Nobody knows what he wrote. And all of a sudden, one by one, they dropped the rock. And they walked away. One at a time. They drop the rock. And maybe that's been you. Maybe you've been the one holding onto the rock, ready to throw it at the addict husband or wife of yours. Or maybe you've been critical. I was sitting in a meeting today and I was talking and I was like, hey, when somebody's been critical of me, you know what I go to? I go to hyper 
critical mode and I can see everybody else's faults. Why? Because I don't want to look at myself and look at my faults. Right? And I've been super hypercritical of people and I'm realizing that today. So thank you for letting me teach on this lesson because I got to learn myself this exact same thing and drop my rock. And um, that's part of the process we got to go through. Well, the first part of uh, being ready is that we release control. We have to release control. We want control of people, places, and things, and we got to realize that we can't. I can't control anybody else. I can't even control my child. My three-year-old will throw a temper tantrum if he wants to. Now, there's ways as parents that I can help guide and direct him, but if he's going to throw it, he's going to throw it. His little mullet will be whipping around. It'll be awesome. But that's what happens. I can't control my 19-year-old kid. He can do whatever he wants. He does whatever he wants. I can help guide and direct him, but I can't control him. I can't control my wife. I can't control my boss. I can't control my employees. They, they're going to do what they want to do. I can't control places. I can't control things. I can't. And I have to let go. I have to release control. We have to stop holding on so stinking tightly to everything and everybody around us. And we have to come to a place where we're actually willing to invite God into. Willing to say, God, please come in and help remove these character defects. We find this passage of scripture in Psalm 143, verse 10, and it says this. Teach me to do your will. For you are my God. May your good spirit lead me on level ground. And we have to ask God to come in and to lead us and guide us. Because if I lead myself, I'm walking off a cliff. That's just reality. And many of you have walked off a lot of cliffs. AA curriculum will talk about walking in front of trains. That happens, walking across streets and getting hit. We've walked across many streets and we've all been hit and it hurts. And what's funny is you think we'd learn our lesson, but no, we keep dancing and dodging cars. We are Frogger in the making. <laughs> that is reality. And we have to invite God in so we can let go and let God. We have to allow him in to that aspect of our life. Not only do we have to release control, but we got to, the E is easy does it. Easy does it. Just remember that. Some people walk in here and they think, dude, I'm done, I stepped out of denial, step one, I'm healed. <laughs> awesome, glad you're honest. Um, but there's a lot of work to do, and we have to take it easy. Some of us go hyper mode, and we need that for a little time, but we have to, we have to take it easy. We have to allow God time in our life to do work. He can work immediately, and there's some people that are so fortunate that They've prayed and God has removed that compulsive desire and removed the alcoholism, the, the drug addiction, the sex addiction, whatever it is. He's removed that character defect or that, that issue and they walk around and they're like, this is great. And there's others like me that we've prayed and we've prayed and we've prayed and we have to allow God to do the work in our life. And that takes time. One day at a time, one moment at a time. That's the way it goes. See, sin in our life or our addiction in our life is a symptom. It's a symptom of a greater issue. 
Somebody called me and said, hey, um, do I need to show up tonight? I mean, there's people that are, have COVID. I go, well, do you have a symptom? No. Okay, then yeah, you're good. Right? Do you have a symptom? What are the symptoms? Well, cough, right? Losing your, your, your smell. Yeah, that's COVID symptoms, right? We're all hypersensitive to those things. Going to the grocery store, someone sneeze up, COVID. <laughs> we got it, and I understand. We have to. But that sometimes is, is where we go. Um, those are symptoms of a deeper sickness. And our addiction is a symptom of our character defects, of what's really going on in our heart. See, it's that weed. And last, Saturday, last Friday, I had the awesome opportunity to stay on campus from 9 a.m. until 1 a.m. It was great. It was awesome, and I was exhausted. But from 9 till noon, we had the football team around campus pulling weeds, and going around, walking around, finding those little tiny weeds and pulling them. Some of them, they let the weeds go so much they were tumbleweeds. And then they got a shovel and they spread manure around. It was great. I didn't do that part. But that was great to watch them do that and get all, it was all over them. It was crazy. But those are the things that we have to do. We see that weed. That is a symptom of something that's wrong. We got to pull that weed. We got to get rid of that weed so that the plants around it can, can uh, get the nourishment that that weed is getting. What is the root issue in your life? What is that character defect in your life that is destroying you? Is it one of the things that I mentioned on the rock? Is it resentment? Is that a character issue in your life that you just can't let go of? Is it fear? Is it selfishness, self-pity, being critical? If I let get my critical nature go unchecked, I go bad places real quick. Bad places real quick. Well, Luke chapter six, verse 46 through 49 says this. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say, right? I will show you what he is like who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice. He is like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on rock. When a flood came, the torrent struck the house, but could not shake it because it was well built. But the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. The moment the torrent struck that house, it collapsed and its destruction was complete. There's people that walk in this room and they, they sit here and they go, recovery doesn't work. I mean, I went, I went and I listened to worship and I heard a testimony and I left and it didn't change my life. Would you go to open share group? No. Did you go do a step study? No. Did you apply any of these things that you learned in your life? No. Well, how do you mean it doesn't work? We don't do recovery through osmosis. We have to actually start to apply it to our life and do the work. We gotta dig down deep and hopefully you've done that work when you go through step four and five, you've dug deep into your life and hopefully you've dug deep enough where you find that foundation and you can start to build upon it. You clear out all that sand, all that muck, all that mire and you get down to that place where that foundation of, of Christ and recovery can start to help you build. Not only is it easy does it, but it's also to be able to accept the change. That you are able to accept the change that starts to happen. There's a difference between seeing and allowing change. 
Some of us see we need to change. I mean, we explode and we get mad and we yell and we cuss people out and we know that's not good. We see it, but we aren't allowing ourselves to change. How are you allowing yourself to change? And sometimes that allowance, the difference between the two of seeing and allowing is basically fear. The fear of what's gonna happen if you actually let go of this because our anger has been sometimes it's been something that's kept us safe because when we get mad and angry and we explode, we push people away. We don't have to have that emotional intimacy with them and let them see that we're vulnerable. And so we're scared of what would happen if we let people see who we really are. We want that guarantee. We want that guarantee. And it's crazy. Well, the point is, how do you know that guarantee fairy isn't a crazy little glue sniffer, right? <laughs> right? That's a famous line from Chris Farley, Tommy Boy. Love that movie. But that is the best. Like, seriously, we want that guarantee, but how do we know that guarantee just isn't something that we've been lying to ourselves about? We want to know what's going to work. Well, here's how you work. It's by the testimonies of others. Here's how we know it works, by the testimony of others. Because what we've seen and what we've heard and what they've done. For the guys and gals that get up on this stage and share their testimony every other week that say, hey, these, this is how God has transformed my life. We're able to hear those things we can trust and we can believe that the work that they've done will help guide us and direct us. During transition, during this phase, we gotta do a few things. And in 1 Peter 1, through 13 through 14, it says this. Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Be self-controlled. Set your hope fully on the grace to be given you when Jesus Christ is revealed. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you have had when you lived in ignorance. There's this transition that happens in our life where we've lived a life of ignorance and we have to transition to let God's grace fully be revealed in our life. And we would be able to accept that. We have to prepare our minds, not conform to the world. So how do we prepare? James chapter one, 13 through 15 when tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when by his own evil desire, he is dragged away and enticed. So you have to take ownership for my sin, for my behavior, and that's tough to do. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death my own evil desires. The devil never made me do it. Never made me do it. My wife never made me do it. My mom never made me do it. My dad never made me do it. My bosses never made me do it. It's my own evil desire. Because I did not know how to apply the word of God to my life. I did not know how to surrender to his word and to let God be the one that comforts me because I didn't trust him because I was afraid 
that when I surrendered to him, he wouldn't be the one that comforted me. So instead of that, I would turn to pornography because that would comfort me. Or I would turn to a pizza. Or I would turn to whatever it is that would give me comfort. Rather than turning to Christ because I didn't trust. And that was my own evil desire. James chapter four, verse seven through 10 says this. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Sounds fun, huh? But humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. That's tough. It starts off, man, we gotta submit to the Lord first. And we submit to God that's when we're able to resist the devil. See, I tried to resist the devil on my own, and guess what? I always lost. I tried white-knuckling it. I always lost. It wasn't until I surrendered to God and submitted to God that I was able to find victory, when I was actually able to humble myself. Because when I try to stand up to the devil, that's my pride saying, got this. And then guess what? Pride comes before the fall, right? Next thing I know, God humbled me, not me being humble. The next part of this acronym is uh, do replace your character defects. Do replace those character defects. You hear don't enough, don't drink, don't do drugs, don't look at porn, don't have affairs, don't control, don't, 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 don't. I grew up in an environment where it was a rule-based environment, very legalistic in my opinion, and it was, here's all the Bible verses about what you can't do. And I always scoured, well, what can I do? And they never had answers for me, but here's what you can't do. Don't do this, 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 don't do this. And I never measured up to that standard. But here's what we can do. We can apply the word of God to our life. Do the things that the word tells us to do. Do pray. Do read the word. Do meditate on his scripture. Do the things that God calls us to do. Fasting, praying, silence and solitude. The silence discipline is the worst discipline for me. I cannot be silent that long. I know it surprises a lot of you. Matthew chapter 12, verses 43 through 45 says this. When an evil spirit comes out of a man, it goes through uh, arid places seeking rest and does not find it. Then it says, I will return to the house I left. When it arrives, it finds the house unoccupied, swept clean, put in order. Then it goes and takes uh, with it seven other spirits more wicked than itself, and they go in and live there, and the final condition of that man is worse than the first. That is how it will be with this wicked generation. First day, you're feeling good, right? Get rid of the the shakes, day 10, right? Day 30, you're doing awesome. Day 60, things couldn't be better. Day 90, you already know recovery. What else, why would you need to go to a recovery meeting? And all of a sudden, that demon re- comes back 
and fills it and it took you a nanosecond to get back to drinking the same level you were or using drugs the same way you were or looking at porn the same intensity as you were and you get back to that same spot like that except this time maybe a little worse. It's not so much the don'ts, it's what do you do? What are you replacing those things with? Because when you get in recovery, you're not spending all that time doing what you did. You're not spending eight hours looking at porn. You're not spending all that time drinking. You're not spending all that time going, doing drugs, staying up for that much time uh, with your meth, whatever it may be. What do you do with your time? You find things to replace that are positive. Giving back, finding a place to serve, reading the Bible, meditation, those things. We do those things. James chapter one, verse 22 says this. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. If only I could do that all the time. Do what it says. I can hear a lot of things. I've sat through a lot of sermons. But can I do what it says? Do replace my character defects. And right here in my pocket, I got a poker chip. Sorry, gamblers. I apologize, but this is a poker chip, and on this poker chip, I has nothing written, but here's what I would do with this, and my sponsor uh, told me to do this, is I wrote on one side of this poker chip my character defect, pride. Wrote it down. And on the other side, I wrote humility. And he said, carry this poker chip with you. Put it in my pocket, and I would carry it. And every time you start thinking that you're uh, dealing with pride, pull that poker chip out and pray. Flip it to the other side that says humility and try to do what somebody who's humble would do. Try to do those things. If you're a mean, angry cuss, be kind. Try to be kind, right? Those are the things that we are to do. That's my recovery story. Now, I'd love to tell you it took away all my character defects. No, they come back up, and I've lost my poker chips, but don't worry, I just had my admin order more, so I'm making sure I'm gonna do that again. <sighs> Thank you for letting me teach this lesson, by the way. And, um, and get back to that, that principle, because, man, character defects will get me going. And I like having that millstone tied around my neck, and I will be thrown into the ocean and drowned. The last part of this acronym is this, is, is yield to the growth. That you would yield to the growth in your life. By this stage of doing the fourth and fifth step, there actually may be growth you see. What? But you don't like it, because you're not used to it. I had a sponsee, have a sponsee, that used to shoot himself in the foot. He'd start seeing growth, and next thing I know, he throws a hand grenade on his relationship or on his job, or on something, just because he isn't used to having things go well. That stuff happens, believe it or not. Yield to the growth. Don't listen to those old thoughts. Don't listen to that inner critic. Don't listen to that addict. Listen to the growth and what God is trying to tell you. See the growth in you. Because Romans Chapter 12, verses one through two, talk about this. It says, therefore, I urge you, brothers, 
in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Your mind is being transformed. Your old ways are leaving. That you would start to submit and that you would start to surrender and you would invite God into your defects of characters and let him start to remove them. Because if you could have removed them by now, you would have, but guess what? You can't, so let's let God do it. And when we allow that to happen, we can be ready to see what God is gonna do in our life. So I encourage you, if you're trying to swim and you still have one of these around your neck, drop the rock. Let me pray. Lord, thank you so much for tonight. Thank you for your word and your truth. Thank you for the fact that uh, we need to be reminded to surrender to you because sometimes we get caught off on our own little paths, doing our own little things, and we need to be grounded in you. Help us to dig deep, to find that rock, that foundation to build upon you. May we be ready to let go of our resentments. May we be ready to let go of our fears. May we be ready to let go of all the dishonesty in our life. It's a whole new way of living for us. So God, help us drop this rock. Thank you, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, um, before we go, yes, thank, thank you. Um, if there's a Kimberly Young here, see me afterwards. I may have your credit card. If not, um, dinner's on me tomorrow night. I'm just kidding. Um, no, but um, come see me, and uh, I can get this back to you. Um, but let's stand, and let's close with the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as a pathway to peace, taking as Jesus did this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that you will make all things right if I surrender to your will so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever the next. Amen. Amen.